0: Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran excellence killed the church how mediocrity is destroying america dr sean michael greener awesome
1: man i love that guy he is uh jd barker is the voice of uh you can't barely turn the television on you don't hear mr barker and i consider myself so lucky by the way i'm dr sean greener (laughs) I am the Ninja Pastor, and welcome to the fastest hour in radio. This is the collision of faith and politics. So we're glad to have you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you you really lucked out. Today's a great day. Um, I got my little buddy next to me. My little my little Buckeye. She's 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 on patrol. If you hear anything, uh, you know you'll know that she has to um, she has to kill something on my behalf. So just saying, you can you can be very very calm and secure and know that uh, she will get it done and that if you hear any emergencies she will handle it she's awesome anyway how are you guys i haven't talked to you guys in a while been a whole been a whole day cuz remember i have a sunday show who forgot that i have a sunday raise show raise your hands who forgot who forgot anybody anybody Okay, you say, but uh, let's see here. Hey, I'm going to give Mark, our guest, our phone number. I thought I gave that to you, but I guess I didn't. I'm busy. Eating fish. Fish. Today we had fish, and it was awesome. It was incredible. Really good. I'm not going to say the restaurant, because they didn't didn't pay me for... uh, you know, I'm starting to do that now if you don't pay me or I'm not in your if I'm not in your movement, then sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not gonna give you a free advertising no more. Anyway, yeah, this is the fastest hour in radio. Two hours. Can you believe it? Today, 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 today and today only. Uh we are starting two hours in a row here on Block Talk Radio. And with a ginormous audience hundreds of thousands of people over on Toginet and I'm wondering how many of you have switched over from there. So we would love to see that. Love to know. Love to know. Love your comments, by the way. Everybody sending that stuff. Hey look. By the way the chat room is open. Uh, no it's not. I lied. Big fat lie. I'm a big fat liar. Well not really I mean I'm plump. I'm I'm not rotund, but I'm a little beefy, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. That's a little beefy. Six-three and a half. I'm trimming down, though, baby. Yeah, yeah, man. Gonna get in top shape. I'm, I'm in battle. I gotta, I gotta get her done. You know, two hours. You gotta be in shape to do two hours. That's a lot of work. So today, you picked a good day to join. If this is your first, your first day, today is a great day to join us. It, we're just so fortunate. Uh, we have Mark gonna join us and uh he is awesome. We'll tell you all about that. Uh but the chat room is now open. I'm gonna type a little welcome here. Welcome if I could spell. Anyway, so y'all join us on there. You don't have to if you don't want to. I can't force you to do anything. You're Americans you can do what you want. The phone lines are open too. We won't be taking calls till probably the second hour. Right? you know uh I've been on Rush before and I know everybody tells me, you know, you're on hold for three, four, five hours, and you don't get, you know, you don't get taken. But I have to tell you the truth. Uh, I was so lucky each time, and I don't know how that happened. I've been on there twice, and I don't know how it happened. I really don't. Uh, just kind of got right through the one time, and, um, you know, we talked for, I guess, about seven or eight minutes, and then the other time we we talked for about 11 minutes, so uh I don't know. my show uh doesn't work that way, but uh you know, once the phone lines are open I will definitely, you know, let you know. But uh you can I guess get in the queue. Um but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Um here's the number, six four six five nine five four six four one. That's six four six five nine five four six four one. Look, you say you want to save the country. You say you want to help save the country. You say you don't want it all on yourself, but you want to help save the country, right? That's what you want to do. That's what you're telling me, right? I mean, am I wrong? I hear people say that. I don't know. Um, I think that I'm right, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, I don't want to be wrong, but maybe I am. I don't know. You say you want to help save the country. That's what I hear. But you got to ask yourself some tough questions first, and and that tough question starts with, do I really have what it takes to help save this country? I mean that's a serious question. Do I really have what it takes to help save this country? Do I really want to save the country? Some people, you know, I, I speak in churches all across the United States. And I say churches. That's not the only places I speak. I did a speech uh, this past week, which was really fun to do. A great bunch of young people uh, at the University of Delaware, special interest groups. Uh, They were awesome. They were great hosts. Uh, Just phenomenal. Really, really phenomenal. And some real winners. So let me encourage you, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, uh, you go over to uh, my site, The Ninja Pastor. You go over to my part of it, the show page. And also on Facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. You go there, and you are going to see uh, a link, Sean, active duty military fireman, uh, he put on there. But he runs the page. He knows what he's doing. I, I, of course, don't. Not on that stuff. I don't know what I'm doing. So, And by the way, when you're over there, if you haven't liked the page yet, go ahead and like the page. We love that, all those likes. I, I forget to ask for stuff. You know, I forget to ask for that. So I'm asking now. Go over there and like the page. If you haven't liked it before, you're not sure, just go over there and like it. You'll see my book there, there's a link there. Uh get a God and country radio show. Uh we're out of mugs, so but you can get a book for uh twenty dollars and that covers mailing and everything. And I'll I'll sign it and make it instantly worth half. But um but there's all kinds of stuff there and there's a link for there's links for the Center for Self Governance. Uh you will you will see that. Uh let's see here. We've got a lot of good links here, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see a link for the uh the speech. You can click on that and take you over to the speech. But I'll tell you the easiest way to do it. Sean has really made it simple for simple people like me. All you have to do, Sean S E A N, uh <clears throat> great patriot. Uh he and Angie are doing incredible things. You just click on you'll see my picture there. I've got my book. You you can evaluate whether I'm rotund or not. But um, you'll see my book there under my left leg, kind of on the table. There's you will see sign up. All you do is click on sign up, uh, go to link, just sign up, go to link, bang, you're there. It's super easy. And then every week uh, you will it'll be easier for you to uh, get on the show and do all the stuff you have to do. Um, super super easy. You know you can follow me on Twitter at the Ninja Pastor at the Ninja Pastor. I'd love to have you listen. Be great. Be awesome. So anyway, so you tell me you want to save the country. Uh you say that that's important to you. You say you you want to do that. You know, uh that's that's important to you. Right? We can we can agree that's important. Most people tell me, look, I don't know how Look, Doc, I, I don't know how. I want to. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know how. And I tell him, ask yourself the tough questions. Do I really have what it takes to help save this country? Cause you can't, I say help because you can't do it by yourself. And if you're waiting for some politician to come along, the right guy to come along that can save the country by himself or by herself, quite frankly, uh, let me just tell you in, in, in uh, my down-home vernacular, he ain't coming, she ain't coming. You dig what I'm saying? Not coming. So, you know that's the thing. Look, you got to you got to stop looking for that, and then winning on certain issues or losing on certain issues, you got to stop looking for that. But But you've got to ask yourself, do I have, do I really have what it takes to help save this country? It's tough, man. It's tough. It's not easy. It wasn't easy to form this country. You're going to learn more about that in just a few minutes. Do we really have what it takes to help save this country? And then do I really want to save the country? Do I want to? When I, I was talking a second ago and I didn't finish the thought, but um <laughs> you know in churches I, I, I get this all the time in question and answer. Uh people will say, Hey, you know, uh wow, I I uh you know I've not heard anybody like you the things that you're saying like you're saying things that i have not heard before you're saying to me hey you know it's going to take a fight people say to me people come to me and they this is during the q and a i'm just saying i'm i'm going to be real with you Uh, During the Q&A, they say, well, as Christians, you know, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. (coughs) Christians are supposed to be
2: pacifists.
1: (coughs) Uh, Wrong answer. Somebody told you the wrong thing. Somebody taught a passage of Scripture to you out of context. Culturally, linguistically, commonsensically. I taught you wrong. Otherwise, Yeshua wouldn't have said, listen, you got two cloaks, sell one of your cloaks and get you a sword. He wouldn't have said that if that was the case. It's just, look, you've got to look at context. you got to look at context. I'm more than happy to help you with that. But it's messy, folks. It's messy saving this country. It is messy. And you've got to be in it to win it. Some people say, well, I trust the Lord. You know, the Lord said he gave uh, people dominion over us, and, and that's what we're supposed to do is is be subject to authority and blah, blah, blah. Mm, out of context. Out of context. Proof texting. Somebody done convinced you, look, don't go up against the pastor because the pastor's in authority. You, You're supposed to just be quiet and do your thing. Do what he tells you to do. Nope. It gets messy. Some stuff gets messy. Some stuff gets really, really difficult. Super, super difficult. Question for you. Have I given up already? You know, back to the do I really want to save the country and have I given up already? Let me let me just say this to you. Let me say this to you. I, I do hear it from a lot of Christians. I do hear it from a lot of pacifists. They tell me, this is what they tell me, they say, look, it's it's for God, you know, our job is to be subject, and then God will handle that. God will handle it. It's up to us to do, you know, just follow God. God will, God will handle all that. He'll handle all of it. And you know what we're to do? We're just to, you know, be good people and fold our hands real pretty and pray and, Just trust God, you know, trust God that will do it. I'm not saying not to trust God, but you know what I am saying to do? Trust God to sharpen my aim. Trust God to sharpen my resolve. Trust God to help me find within me what it takes to save this country. Trust God to strengthen me, to sharpen my aim, no matter what trust god to give me the courage to fight you know what i hear a lot of people they tell me this well you know i'm just too old i'm too old to pick to to pick up a gun i'm not going to pick up no gun i'm not a gun person i'm afraid of guns so i'm out i pray for y'all can you dial a phone can you type on a keyboard can you do all that if you can do all that then you're in the fight we just got to teach you what to do can you think do you have a brain do you have a mind Do you have neighbors? You know how to look up something on the Internet or in a phone book? You can do that. You can help us save the country. Are you willing? It's not flashy. It's not sexy. It's not cool. It's not super fun and awesome, but it works. Today's guest, Mark Kerr, Center for Self-Governance. I know this man. He's becoming a buddy of mine, a bud. We've spent now, I guess, three days together. The dude knows what he's talking about. He knows how to get it done. He knows how to get it done. He knows how to teach you how to get it done. This is the way, man. I'm telling you. This is the way. But have you given up already? Look, look, you know, look, it's okay to say, look, I don't know if I want to save the country. Maybe God's scrapping it. Maybe God is scrapping it. Maybe he's done. You know, maybe he's not sending water this time. Maybe he's not sending a flood. Maybe he's just letting us implode. Maybe he is. But we're to fight. We're to work until he comes. And he ain't here yet. Have you given up already? It's okay. You can say if you have. Look, I said to this college, this group of college students, they're amazing. can I go back and listen to the speech. You can. It's on it's on Blog Talk Radio. It's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. Listen to it, it applies to you too. Send it to your kids. Send it to people you know are in college or high school. I'll tell you what, send it to kids that are in, in junior high. Send it to grown folk. Have you given up already? Here's the tough one. Here it comes. Here it comes. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. I hope you're ready. Am I worth? Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed on my behalf for liberty and liberty? And freedom. Am I worth the acres and acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia, and in towns all across America? My buddy Jerry, Jerry from Pennsylvania, says sowing and reaping, folks. We're fixing to reap what we haven't sown, which is nothing. We've only reaped trouble for ourselves. Listen, we can look no further than ourselves, but we know there is heroes. There are heroes that exist among us, men and women, the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom. Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia, and in towns across america let me let me say this real quick, my dear sweet friend, debbie Lee. I absolutely love my sister she is uh she is she's my sister in christ she is an amazing woman, a powerhouse, a fighter. America's Mighty Warriors, her son, Mark Allen Lee, profiled in, uh, of course, the movie about Chris Kyle, American Sniper. But he was killed in Ramadi. And General Martin Dempsey said, eh, not so important. it's, It's not that important. You can go to my Facebook page and You can listen to the, you can watch the video. You don't have to listen, you can watch. It's not that important now, really. Because her son and many other sons gave their lives there. Because they were told, you know what, it's important. This is worth going and fighting for. This is worth putting your life on the line for. This is worth it. And they did. And they gave everything. Man, you folks are lucky today. I'm telling you, you're lucky. You joined in. If this is your first time, you joined in. Best day you could ever. Uh, Mark Herr from the Center for Self-Governance, he's going to be my guest in just a couple of minutes. He's going to help answer those questions. No pressure, Mark. He's going to help answer those questions. He's going to help you answer those questions for you. But you know what question we're going to answer? It's the most powerful question. It's three words. Who is it. Who is it? Sounds funny, but you're going to see. You're going to see. Welcome to all my war fighters, my Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and Sheepdogs, Uniformed and Clandestine Services standing on the line for us. Hello to our United States Marines deployed from the Tidewater area of Virginia. Hello to our Army Rangers and Ranger instructors listening today all over the world. Rangers lead the way. One of you, hey, I've got October 3rd marked off. I'll be there. Ty. Hello to the United States Navy SEALs listening around the world. Thank you so much for listening. One of these days you're going to send me a text, send me a message, and you are going to send me something that I can actually say on the air. Thank you very much. No pressure. While I'm at this microphone, folks. All those people I I just mentioned, I will not allow our country to forget about you. My Gold Star families, listen, you're the fraternity. Nobody wants to join. But I'll tell you this. We treasure you, and we stand with you. America, you know, by now, if you've listened to this show any length of time, you know. You know there's people in your hometown who've lost their spouses, their children, their parents, their aunts, their uncles. Pray for them, but don't just pray for them. Put feet to your prayers. Look for opportunities to serve them and with them. They're real heroes. They're carrying on the tradition of heroism and love of country. Special shout out to the Gold Star families all across the United States and volunteers. The Michael Strange Foundation, America's Mighty Warriors, and Operation 300. You say, why don't you mention this one or mention that one? I get I get uh, about five thousand. I have between five and ten thousand emails a week, and Many of them say, why don't you mention such and such a charity? Why don't you mention this one and that one and all these other ones? Uh, you know, I know these people. These are these are my brothers and my sisters. I know them and I love them. And I, know, I know that they do what they say they're going to do. They can be trusted. I know a lot of the volunteers at these, uh, Sean and Angie and the Hill Groups, Bob and Millie and Robert – um uh, all, all of these people are sweating. So many other volunteers at uh, the Michael Strange Foundation, you know, Michael Strange was with Devgrew and uh, Extortion seventeen. I believe murdered intentionally. Debbie Lee America's Mighty Warriors. Debbie does amazing things there in Arizona and all around the country. You might have seen Debbie on Fox News uh this week. And other other channels. She's all over television right now with uh General Martin Dempsey's lame letter or lame uh testimony. Karen and Billy Vaughn. Look, I know what they do. I know what they do. They're awesome people. These are these are solid people. Karen is well, Karen and Billy are both, but Karen is traveling with uh, concerns Veterans for America. My buddies at Madison Rising, all my buddies over there, you guys are getting her done. Hey, listen, Fish, if you're listening, i got to have you back on the show. we got to finish up what we were talking about, trigger words. That's serious business. But listen, I want to thank all of you, and those are people you can help. You say, you know, I don't know what to do. This is something you can do. Alliance Defending Freedom, listen, don't forget to get that piece, it's a, it's, it's a guide. I've got it right here. I'm looking right at it. It's a little tiny thing. You could actually keep it right in your little your bag. Everybody carries a bag now. Student Rights Handbook, a guide to constitutionally protected religious freedom on campus. One of these days, I'm going to do a whole show on that. The thing is kick butt, man. It is kick butt. I also talk about it in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Hey, Keepers of the Republic, we had an awesome level one, level one training. It was fantastic. Mental waterboarding, but we got her done. Mark her, man. He listen, he's gonna be his own in just a couple minutes. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's powerful. Powerful. Powerful training. I'm just gonna tell you, you know, our founders clearly detailed that we the people would keep our republic if we could keep it. If we participated in our governance. Look, self-governance, it's not easy. It doesn't happen when you're at soccer practice. It doesn't happen when you're taking your kids to violin practice. It doesn't happen when you're watching the 152 hours of DVR movies and DVR shows you have. It doesn't happen then. It, it, look, you got to educate yourself. you got to participate. You've got to sacrifice. You have to be determined. You have to believe that you can make a difference. And what you're going to learn today, and if you come to one of our trainings, you're going to learn it there. Better and more awesome, than you've ever learned anything in your life I you know Facebook posts are awesome. I have five thousand friends. I trim about three hundred and eighty a week, and we bring new people on and I'm telling you, Facebook posts won't save the republic rallies, voter drives all that stuff is good, but it's not what it's going to take. It goes way deeper. Well, class was awesome. Class was awesome, and we're going to bring him back to Delaware. If you go to the thecenterforselfgovernance.com, you will see all the different trainings that are available all across the country. This brother is this brother has been working hard. He sacrificed a lot. Sean McLaren, man, <clears throat> I don't know how you do it, brother. Already on Facebook. Boop, there it is. Picture of the the guy and a link take you right to it. Hola. Alright, so what I did, let me bring Mr. Mark Herr on, awesome as he is. Mark are you with Holla.
2: Holla. Holla.
1: Hey look man, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. I know you are tired. You've you've been working hard and running all over Delaware and and uh, I know you're gonna be doing a big we wanna talk about this uh big big uh conference. Up in uh, or convention you're doing up in Philadelphia. You want to hear all about that? But look what I did, and this is what I did. I thought it'd be fun. I thought it just might be something cool to do. Uh, I, okay. I don't really, I don't really do this uh, on Facebook. I see a lot of it, but I don't do it. But I wanted to. I asked Facebook. I said, Facebook people, tell me what some of the issues we as a country really, as a people, face. Look, I know that our problem aren't these issues. Our problem yeah. is it. Our problem is it. But <laughs> but here's what they told me. And I, th- I thought this was powerful. Top problems with country or government, no border protection or national defense. We fight vaguely defined wars. We don't intend to win. We have no definition of what winning means. We leave our men And women behind in battle we have no international credibility we don't protect our borders and we don't have reliable enforceable or enforced immigration policy thus we cannot feel safe one of the fundamental jobs of a government we don't trust our representatives to act in our best interest we can't trust our media or press to inform us of the truth of our press to inform us of the truth our system of national public education is ineffective and has been subordinated to special interest. The unraveling of moral fiber. Once tightly woven, all else falls into place easily. Without a solid base of morals, all falls apart. Sanctity of life, terrorism, religious liberty, Barack Obama, holla, the media, corruption, violence, education, Taxes and drug and alcohol abuse, protection of American borders, welfare, job security, government hatred, lack of personal responsibility, breaking up of the home, the fact that Hillary Clinton has enough support to even run for president, (laughs) lack of respect, lack of personal responsibility, uh, human trafficking, the legalization of drugs, the growing population of the elderly. The poor care they receive in nursing homes. Amen. Cybersecurity, militant feminism, the rise in agnostic thinking, people and anti-Christian mentality, racism on both ends—not just white on black, but black on white as well. That's m- that's my good buddy. That's my that boy could play some football. Now he's going to be a great thinker over there at Stevenson University. I won't say his name. I don't want to embarrass him, but. Awesome thinker. Great, great kid. Porous borders. Radical Islamic terrorism. Radical homosexual agenda. Lack of manufacturing here in this country. Blue-collar jobs. Poor public education. Promotion of the welfare state. Breakdown of the American family. Growing lack of tolerance for biblical lifestyle. Lack of real mental health care. Lack of real medical care, period. Rise of vector-borne disease like Lyme, Bartonella, etc., that isn't being taken seriously, human trafficking, loss of compassion, lack of honesty, people without character or substance, poor education, rise of cruelty, hatred, lack of personal responsibility, lack of honor, lack of dignity, loss of hope, loss of families, little understanding of United States history, less understanding of world history, no background in comparative religions, little ability to define the concepts of communism, fascism, or Islamism, let alone put them into historical context. Little understanding of U.S. history. Man, is that big. Whew. You ready? Ready? Did I take a breath? Yes, I did. Entertained to mind-numbing distraction with little ability to focus or prioritize. Little or no personal responsibility or initiative. A culture that delights in taunting God. I may be able to refine uh, refine and revise this, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. That person is a thinker. I know who she is. Another guy I have great respect for, jobs, the economy, welfare, world politics, Russia, Middle East, Iran, China, and the threat to Israel. Department of Homeland Security, Border Security, Corrupt Media, Patriot Act, domestic terrorism claims about right-wing conservative Christians and our military or the lack thereof. Man, that's just what I got by Showtime. That's just what I got by Showtime. The folks know, these folks are plugged in and they know what we're facing. But I know, Mark Kerr, I know the problem isn't that. What is the problem? The real problem. What's the real problem, Mark?
2: Well, it, You know, Sean, it sounds like you're reading a long list of side effects or the symptoms of a really, really bad disease.
1: Come on. <laughs> Come on.
2: Right? And, um, you know, I all of those things seem symptomatic to me. They're all expressions of of what we all know is a problem, the key in like, you know, curing the problem like cancer, for example, is where does, where does it originate? You have to go to the source of the problem. Um, the key is in the designers of our Republic blueprint. Um, they presumed in making this system of governance that all power originates with the laws of nature and of nature's God but the American people are being purposefully trained in various ways that we could we could enumerate that all power is currently in government or it, I would say even originates with it. So some symptoms of that, President Obama says you didn't build that business, for example, or all I need is a pen and a phone. Those are symptomatic. And then all of your listeners who submitted their responses of what is the problem the the, the symptoms are an indicator that the American people no longer actually truly believe that power uh, does not originate with King George. Mm. In this case, modern-day King Obama or eventually Queen Hillary or, well, even maybe even King uh, Romney. Mm-hmm. So where where does the power actually originate? Um, Well, uh, in the design, in the blueprint of of our republic, uh, in the Declaration of Independence, uh, it was articulated that uh, power originates within the laws of nature and of nature's God. And then it's distributed uh, or located in all of the people. So all of the state constitutions uh, bear witness to that. Um, Very interesting, Sean, in Nebraska's constitution, for example, There's a parenthetical between their preamble which acknowledges that power originates with the laws of nature and nature's God, which states from their Supreme Court that the preamble has no effect on the rest of their state constitution. So now government has full reign and authority, uh, basically without the people's input in Nebraska, that government is all-powerful. So here's the secret sauce. Once you realize that all power is already located in you as a person, you begin to learn how to wield your power according to your constitution and what powers you've actually distributed to government, not to people, then you're now positioned to craft, uh, how do you say this, um, strategy to gain or regain control and authority over your governance. Um, all this to say that Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson said um, the qualifications for doing this are not natural. They're the result of habit and long training. Well, the American people are being trained, Sean. Uh, we've, we're being trained to presume in our mind that power originates with government. So all of the symptoms your listeners were describing indicate that they're an indicator that the people have abdicated control over their power, not governance power.
1: Hmm. I thought I have rights. I thought that's I don't I don't understand. I I, I thought, wait, this is I'm confused now. Uh, I have rights, dude. I have rights. I mean, I mean, don't I have a right to education? Don't I have a right to uh well I certainly have a right to medical care? Don't I have a right if I'm a homosexual to um not be judged against? Don't I have a right as a Muslim to you should put in foot washing stations every certain number of feet out in the public sector, and certainly in schools, I should have an opportunity for ritual washing and five day five hours a day prayer. Right. I would throw in the Christians, but you know the Christians don't actually have rights. But uh what about all that, man? I got rights, man. I got rights.
2: <laughs> well, again, where do those rights originate? If they from, originate from with, Barack Obama they originate man. with government Well there you go. Then the all the symptoms that the your listeners described are the result of rights originating with government because in their minds, that young man that you're describing who's saying, hey, I've got rights, you know, my homosexual rights or my whatever rights you want to call it, uh, they originate with government, then where does power originate? It doesn't originate outside of people. It now originates with government.
1: That's a problem because I have rights. I don't know it's if you huge, heard me the first 12 times. I have rights, and and my goodness, I want my rights observed. So where do I go to get uh, – I need, look, I need somebody fighting on my behalf. So who do I hire? I've got to hire somebody in government that is getting on these little commercials with all these millions and millions of dollars that they're spending and saying, look, I'm here for you. Uh, Hillary, Clinton, <laughs> Hillary Clinton says, look, I'm here for the American family. They need a champion. And apparently this woman who hasn't dri- admittedly hasn't driven a car in 20 years has had uh, police protection and Secret Service protection for twenty years, and and has lived a an opulent life for twenty years or more. She's going to tell us she knows our struggle. She knows our struggle, and so she's she's the government. She wants to be the government, and she says, "This is what she's telling me, dude. I'm just watching TV. I'm not paying attention." And she tells <laughs> me, Mister Mark, her she tells me that she is the one. That going to give me what I need. You know, you got, um, and I know you have intimate knowledge of this, because, look, here's the thing. We believe powers in government because we've seen it and we've experienced it. What have we seen? We've seen the IRS, or as I call hashtag IRMS. We've seen the Bureau of Land Management abuse, <laughs> abuse American citizens. But you know the flip yeah. side of that. I want you to definitely tell our people. The federal police, Homeland Security, all of these. We've seen it, man we have seen it. i've seen look I've seen people personally because of their uh their conservative views i've seen them take down good american people i've seen them do it i've seen them do it and i'm appalled uh I'm just appalled i really am it's it's uh i, I am appalled how they'll abuse look lois Lerner. How that woman's not in jail. Oh, I know the answer. How is she not in jail? People ask me all the time. How is she not in jail? Because we think the power is in somebody else to do something. Anything, do something. Correct. We right. think they get the power. Well, tell me, uh, what is the secret power that we have, and who is the government anyway?
2: Let, yeah, let me give you an uh, example of this. I was talking with a gentleman here in Delaware Uh, about his small business and he told me that he took seven days almost 16 hours per day so you do the math 17 times 16 now if it's common core math probably doesn't seem like a lot but if you do it according to normal math right that's we're talking a good hundred and something hours or 168 hours right no about 140 oh man see I don't feel right about it (laughs) but he's over a hundred plus hours of time filling out all of his 20 pages of tax forms. And then he says, the reason why I don't grow my business in Delaware is because of the amount of regulation required for me to conduct my business. And so what I've done is I do not hire people as a result. And I, I, I do not make my production within my small business past a certain gross amount so he doesn't produce anything beyond a certain measure and he will not hire people as a result and he had to spend, you know, 7 days about 16 hours per day working on 20 pages of tax data in order to file with both state of Delaware as well as the federal government and so you you look at it in terms of what is the function what is this function of government in the role of controlling this person's life. You know, and this is where the problem really meets the road, Sean, is that is when you talked about the young man and he's saying, my rights, my rights, my rights. Well, who is he going to go to for all of his rights? If he's going to go to government where power is located, eventually it's a matter of time. A government, A government big enough to give you all that you need is a government Big enough to take it all away, Gerald Ford. Mm-hmm. So, for the bottom line, for this guy, he he's not participating in his own society here in Delaware. Even considering moving out of the state as a result. Uh, there's a young man in Colorado. He's a high schooler. He went hunting with his dad, and on his personal Facebook page, uh, Facebook page, posted a picture of him and his dad there with their weapons, out in the middle of the woods, and he was just happy to be with his dad. He got to school on the, the next Monday, and the principal had him taken out of class and told him, you need to take the picture down immediately or we're going to suspend you from school. This young man never told his father that he took down the picture. Mm. So who's the parent? Who's the parent and who's the child in the relationship between you and your government? Who's the master and who's the Rottweiler? Or who, maybe let me put it to you this way. Who's the rancher and who's the herd? Um, who is in control of whom, the designers of your government did not design it so that you become subjugated to it. Rather, you are master over it. And what is it? I know we're going to be talking about that later. The key here, Sean, is if you're selfish, you will go to government for all of your stuff. Selflessness requires you to be subject to one another. So the founders used uh, words or phrases like one people, for example, or we the people. Um, Your listeners, you guys can ask yourselves this own question within your own state. Are you we the people of whatever state you're from or we the pieces, all divided by the things you're going to to government for things? If you're we the pieces, then that is the symptom, that is the, well, I would say that is the expression of what the underlying problem is. You have lost your oneness with your fellow citizens within your state. Why? Because you've been trained to think power originates with it, or I would say government. So... This is the source of the problem, Sean, and this is where we are focused on with our organization is training people to have a paradigm shift in the way they think number one, the thoughts about government are not uh I would say they don't line up with the laws of nature and a nature's God principle with regards regards to where power originates, therefore, where do rights originate
1: let me Let me say this: you know that school kid that example you gave that what that school kid learned is that government, you know who government is? That's who you obey. And and Barack Obama has been masterful with this, uh, telling kids, school kids, listen, if your parents tell you this, you tell them they're wrong, or you come and tell your teacher uh, because they're wrong. You know what? Go home and tell your parents that they're wrong and they're racist. You
2: know, hey, Sean, that is a great, great point, because think about this. I, you know, I think we've really touched on something here, and that is, Yes, we are to be obedient to to government. Like, for example, you were talking about the Bible earlier. There's the point where you you are subject to the government that God has placed over you. But what happens when that government begins to presume that power originates with it, kind of like Pharaoh in Egypt, right? And Mm -hmm. so at some point, the children of Israel became enslaved to Egypt as a result. And so it took an act of God in order to remove them from that situation And even as they were being removed from that situation, they were still clamoring to go back to Egypt because they were blaming their situation or the circumstance that Pharaoh was coming out to kill them. And so now they're based in fear. Um, But it ultimately took an act of God in order to show them that power did not originate within Pharaoh in the first place. We we have the, you know, it's 2015, and that's a long time ago kind of history thing, but it's the same pig, different lipstick. It just happens mm-hmm. to be 2015.
1: Hey, let me ask you this, uh, and I need to know, and I know a lot of people need to know. Um, who are you? Okay, you tell me our power originates with God. Okay, I'll believe that. Um, you know, okay, cool. Um, fine, whatever. Um, I don't know where you get that. Cliché, <laughs> cliché. Some, some, a, a bunch of white guys, a bunch of racist white guys who are angry. Uh, must have said that, or maybe they did, or maybe they didn't. I don't think they did probably they didn't they weren't probably Christians at all founders, you know, they probably didn't even read the bible um, but uh, so who distributes this power? who distributes it? Okay. You know that, look look look, look. I, let me just let me just say this kid this kid learned a hard lesson that uh you know, wow, what am i going to do i I have no choice I got to do this I've got to do this or i'm I'm really screwed. I'm really, really screwed. If I don't do this, man, I've yeah, got I've got to go against my dad even.
2: Yeah, he still hasn't told his dad and as a matter of fact and when we were talking to these folks out in Colorado about this uh case, um the 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 situation is still on the table because he ended up in detention and a few other things happened to him, but he still doesn't know what to do and he's got some friends there and of course they think it's all wrong, but none of them know what to do. They don't know how to apply their civic authority Which which authority doesn't come from government? It came from where? Again, where does it all originate? It comes down to the bottom. It's the bottom line question. Uh, And and this young man is is now, I think, very interested in learning how to apply his civic authority. So there's there's a a high probability that a group of young teenagers from the um, Colorado region uh, will be entering into our training program. Um, but I think the fundamental thing that you brought up earlier, Sean, that's related to we we must obey government, that is absolutely correct. Uh, government is there to control our power, but when government becomes alive and you, and it begins to act as though power originates with it, all of the symptoms your readers and listeners described are the result. Right, And so there is a point where the the person has to make a choice. Do I become North Korean in my experience where North Koreans presume that all power originates with the dictator Kim Jong-un? But of course they don't know that they have all of the power because it's been vested in them by the laws of nature and of nature's God. And through their abdication of control over their power, they are now subject and enslaved, no different than the children of Israel under Pharaoh. It's the same pig, different lipstick. So the key here is when when you realize that power originates not with mankind, it is outside of us and it has been vested in us, then its location depends upon I would say quite frankly a few um intangibles. One is the oneness of the people who agree to abide or be controlled by government. Number 2 is that they're mutually pledged to each other regarding the declaration that power does not originate with Pharaoh, King George or government. And number three, that power is distributed from the people's consent. That word consent has to do with your authority. So I I really urge your listeners to do some soul searching. This is regarding your power. This may sound awkward to you, but until you personalize this, it is always power that is over there. It's never inside you. So you won't won't actually wield it. (laughs) And if you do try to wield it, the results, it results in additional government, um, and that takes a lot longer to explain. But in every single constitution, Sean, there is some description of how power, which is located in people, in Delaware, for example, is distributed into it. The powers that are distributed are, are three specific types of power. Number one, legislative power. This is your power to make rules. For example, consider in your own household, all of your all of all those of you who are listening right now, in your personal space, you have power within you to make rules. The rules over your household, when you choose or not to do something, to do or not to do it. Uh, The second type of power you have distributed to your government is called executive. So in your household, just to make it personal, you have something called executive power. That power is your strength or force to enforce those rules that you made. The third type of power you have distributed to your government is judicial power. That power is your ability to make opinion about enforcement of the rules that you made, and the rules that you made themselves. Was it a right rule? Was it too much enforcement, etc.? Now, this may sound foreign to many of you who are listening, but this is the system that was designed by the, the gentlemen who are now dead, but gave you a form of government based on the premise, that power does not originate with it or government. So what what powers have you distributed? Um, I just say, uh, according to your constitutions, they're just a bunch of words, but the law of nature principle is, <laughs> in the design of your governance, legislative power, executive power, and judicial power. It does not originate within government. It originated with you.
1: Yeah, but, Mark, might makes right. I mean, the government's so powerful. What if I don't have enough people? What if they have more people than me? You know, I can believe whatever I want to believe, but <laughs> uh, I'll be crushed by their machine, right?
2: Yes, yeah. You know that is the common answer. So, you know, uh, I don't know the age demographics of your listenership, but if if you if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google this or go to YouTube. Um, just type in the phrase Tiananmen Square, China, the 1980s, and you'll find the number one scene that comes up, or the number one. A web article that will come up is this little Chinese guy holding his grocery bags, standing in front of a a myriad of tanks of the Chinese national government. And he sits there for a period of time, and he stops them. He doesn't have equitable tanks. He doesn't have a bullet pointed at them. And, of course, they could run him over or shoot him down. But he actually wields his power – to control them for a good period of time. Now, wh- what is that? Uh, those moments are so rare, and, but they are so captivating because it is unusual, Sean, for a person to wield their power to control their governance. And this is what government and those who are in control of it are afraid of. Let me give you a practical example of what this looks like in the United States. On April 12, 2014, here in the United States, the American people had what is called a Tiananmen Square moment. A group of Americans stood in front of national government, similar to the Chinese guy standing in front of his national government. And in between them was nothing. There was no city police or county sheriff or state Highway Patrol or anything like that. It was just these about 240-plus people standing in front of uh, federal agencies of the national government of the United States. So for a period of a number of hours, uh, these people were in a standoff. And
1: the Let me stop you. Let me stop you. Okay. Now, now, now. No, 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 Wait. Now, Mr. Mark I thought that a bunch of white extremist people in fatigues, army fatigues, carrying a bunch of guns, stopped all that.
2: That that is what what you're referring to is the um, the Bundy uh, situation in Clark County, Nevada, uh, regarding some cows and some use of land, et cetera. Yeah. And. Uh, oh, I thought. Uh, now
1: wait. Now wait. On CNN. Now that I saw on CNN where I get all my news. They had pictures of white people with guns. I thought.
2: Yes. Um, and so at that at that bridge at ten in the morning, when those people and the horses pulled up to the to the gates where the national government was. Uh, 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 had barricaded themselves in, Uh, none of those individuals had weapons. And I'm an eyewitness to this. Um, Also also video footage of this. The video footage that you were shown were individuals who showed up later in the afternoon. There were four specific individuals that I counted, two on the bridge and two down in the... Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait, wait,
1: wait. Hold on, marker, 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 marker.
2: You were there? (laughs) I was there, yes, sir.
1: Oh, see now, now we got an eyewitness. Did you have a camera?
2: Yes, and, and, and let me make sure your listeners understood. I was I was a neutral observer under this circumstance. My class was canceled that day, and students from the night before said they were going into Nevada to this Bundy thing, and were wondering if I would want to come along. I checked with my organization. I said, as long as I'm safe and as long as I recorded everything I, I uh, saw, that would be fine. So that is that is the uh, actions I took. I went, I made sure to uh, keep myself safe, and then I recorded the entire day from eight eight forty five in the morning until about seven thirteen or so in the evening.
1: Hmm. So you have recordings of this?
2: Hmm. I have the I have the entire day uh, filmed. Um, from the morning when they uh, when they were preparing to leave to go get Clive and Bundy's cows um, to the moment uh, when we arrived uh, in the interstate uh, where the people pulled to one side and the BLM was on the other side. Uh, and then eventually the county sheriff pulled up in between them as a barrier. And then when the people discovered that they had been um, – Um, they had been fooled into stopping sooner than they realized. And so they ran, they all ran a quarter of a mile down the highway to where where the area where you saw on Fox news. Um, And then the area you saw on Fox news, um, you had the, the horses with some people underneath the gully uh, and then the footage you saw from CNN and other media was later in the afternoon of uh, of a gentleman who had his weapon. Uh, he had pointed his weapon at federal agents on top of the bridge. And if he had fired or they had fired at him, there would have been a lot of dead people, Sean, uh, mm-hmm. especially in that goalie, uh, uh, all unarmed people. Now, what's amazing in this story is <clears throat> as the people were like the Chinese guy walking towards the metaphoric tanks of the national government. Um, You could hear the national government uh, agent saying, um, this is United States territory, do not approach the gate, we have a court injunction, Uh, we are prepared to shoot, and he kept repeating this over and over again. By the time they got to the gate, um, the county district sheriff showed up, and when he showed up, at that moment is when the American people, if they had been properly educated by the mainstream media, which is not going to happen, by the way, regarding what I'm about to describe. The, the, the designers of this blueprint, they created something called dual jurisdiction doctrine, and that meant is that you have many jurisdictions of government between you and your national government.
1: Hang on, hang like on, hang North on, per- hang on. Whoa, 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 hold on. Let's write this down, folks, if you're not driving. This is important. Dual jurisdiction.
2: Yes. And and see, in, in, in China, you might say, well, eventually the Chinese tanks ran over and killed a lot of people. Yes, and that is because they did not have dual jurisdiction within their their nation's system or design of government. The national government rules supreme, or it is it has what's called national supremacy. The United States has what is called well, I would say the United States federal government has what is called legislative supremacy, not national supremacy. Those are two critical distinctions. The the federal government is subject to jurisdictions within each of the states, while the states are also mutually subject to the jurisdiction of the federal government. There is a mutual subjugation to each. And in the case when there's an overreach, like Arkansas during the 1957 Segregation Act where the governor was preventing or he he um, uh, mobilized the Arkansas National Guard to prevent uh, black students from entering into a school, the federal government intervened. So you see a proper relationship being enforced in the dual jurisdiction. In this case in Nevada, what you see is the federal government a massive overreach. Not, I'm not talking about the laws broken either by Cliven Bundy or in terms of the BLM agents in enforcing and doing their job. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, when the citizens approach the gate and the federal agents are saying We're, we are authorized to shoot if you come over the gate, and the county sheriff intervenes on behalf of the citizens as well as the national government, you see a practical expression of what the founders intended in their design. It's called dual jurisdiction. So the sheriff approached one of the citizens who happened to be a son of Clive and Bundy, and he asked him, what do you want me to do? And he says, you must, you must instruct the, the agencies of the federal government to retreat. We are going to remove the gates, and we are going to retrieve my father's cows. So now the sheriff has to make a choice. Does he step out of the way and allow it to uh, run its course? Mm-hmm. Or does he approach the BLM and he instruct them to move, and now the BLM must make a decision? And that is the course that he took. The result is, Sean, and the videos will show, the evidence shows, the national government retreating. Now, this may for the people who are the men of the BLM and all those federal agencies who are doing their job, please do not Please, I beg you, this is no disrespect to your service to the United States of America or carrying out your duties. This is a practical function of dual jurisdiction within the system designed by the men who are now dead and created our form of government. It worked correctly is the point. Nobody died. In China, even though the young man was exercising his civic authority to control his national government, because dual jurisdiction was absent, the Chinese ran over and killed thousands of people. In this case, whether you ha- there was video cameras there in Tiananmen Square when this happened, and yet they still ran over people. There were video cameras in Nevada last year. They did not run over people. Now, you could say, well, they didn't think it was politically expedient. I'm challenging all of your listeners to consider. We should not put our feet in the shoes of government itself because it is not alive. The men and women who were serving there were carrying out their function to control those people's power. When the dual jurisdiction arrived, or I shouldn't say it like that, when dual jurisdiction kicked into gear, it functioned according to the system's design. Eventually, the national government retreated. Eventually, the people lined up behind the county sheriff. Eventually, they went and retrieved their grandfather and father's cows. And eventually, equilibrium was restored for a brief moment in U.S. history. Um, I, this is the reason why we have our training program, Sean, is is because it's a lot uh, it's a lot of words for me to mouth off to your listeners but the bottom line is this power does not originate with it all of the political power that came from the laws of nature and of nature's god are in you the listener if you have distributed your powers to government and abdicate your control over your power all of the symptoms your listeners describe, Sean, are the result. The key here is we must learn to have a habit and long training in something that the designers built into this system called self-governance. And what I saw on April 12, 2014, was not a mob like Ferguson or New York where they were stopping traffic and ruining people's lives. What I saw was a... I mean, I don't know what to call it. Just a group of mutually pledged people who are self-determined to control their government by enforcing dual jurisdiction. And it worked. Of course, the media is more interested in showing you hands up, don't shoot, and all lives... Well, they don't say all lives matter, do they? Mm -mm. Oh, my bad. So only certain lives matter. But in this case, they turn it... The media purposefully uh, tries to... Uh, like they did with Sarah Palin or, or Ted Cruz or, you know, Clyden Bundy or eventually you or me or whoever is not in line with this matter about where power originates, they will try to castigate and demonize. It's a matter of time. So I challenge your listeners. Um, it's, it, it's, it's habitual to be self-governing. It takes long training. It's not something that will become natural to you. It's natural for you to flee or to retreat. Um Take, take this training program for the sake of this republic. It's designed mm-hmm. to train you how to keep it.
1: Well, that's some awesome stuff. Let me tell you, Mark. Here, I know you've got a run here, and I don't want to abuse your time because you're you're going. You haven't been home in three years. I think uh, I'll need to uh, I'll need to respect your time and get you a breather. Now, what's going on? Let's say within the next week or so for Center for Self-Governance. What's what's happening? What the Well
2: for 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 your listeners who are in the New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, uh Maryland area uh and who happen to be CSG students. Um we are we are hosting our first annual. I'm so excited about this, Sean. I am I am super duper freaking excited. We're hosting our first annual um Center for Self-Governance Convention in Philadelphia. On April 24th through the 26th, that's this coming weekend, Friday, we're teaching a level one in uh, a historic home known as the Powell House, and um, I wish I had time to tell you the story, but it's a, it's a famous house. It's uh, not well known, but a significant amount of impact on U.S. history from that house. Um, we're going to have a dance on the second floor of of, of Mrs. Powell's house in Philadelphia, uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. on Friday night, where the first three presidents of the United States danced. And then all day Saturday, a series of events and breakout sessions, opportunities to reignite and uh, the sacred fire of liberty and reconnect we the pieces into we the people, and then leave from there on Sunday to go back to the um, uh, at least this, the 14 states that I'm aware of that are going to be represented at this convention and begin the process of reconnecting the pieces um, within each of the states. I am so excited about it, Sean.
1: I, I, it sounds it's it's incredible. How old is this organization? How long have you been in doing what you're doing?
2: Um, I met uh, the co-founders, uh, Rachel Proctor, Michelle Perkins, Kurt Potter. We met in uh, Jackson, Tennessee in uh, October of 2011. We incorporated in December 2011, and our first class was May. I would say April 28th, to be specific, 2012. So we're wow. just coming up on our third year anniversary.
1: How many people uh, have been in your classes? I mean, ha- how how many are we talking about? A hundred, two hundred. Uh, we
2: are no, no, no. We're we're now shooting over three thousand. What? Huh. Well, you know, 3, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. Million. Sean. <laughs> hey, I um. There's 313 million people, so our job is not done yet. Okay. Um, You know, in terms of in terms of uh, resources to grow our organization, we're we're trying to figure out what does it take for us to be able to bring this training program to all 50 states. We have students in all 25. We have well, in all 25, in 25 out of the 57 states. Just kidding on the 57, by the way. We have uh, taught in 18 states, and we are actively. I mean, we have very serious demand for our classes in 14 states. And we are working to build infrastructure to to meet the demand of all 50 states, um, as well as how do we help states like Delaware, for example, uh, what do we do to make the roots of self-governance grow deep in the soil of this great state of Delaware and the other states uh, in addition?
1: Well, let me say this. I will, and you know this because we've talked about this, but uh, I will support, uh, encourage, uplift all of those things uh, what you're doing and i and i'm i'm part of it now and i'm going to be working my way through all of the levels and and i'm excited to do it uh i will say this it, it is amazing to me what you're doing how hard you're working how uh just just after it you are and all of the people behind this i i really think it's a movement quite frankly i think it's it's uh the light bulb went off you know people say to me all the time they say Dr. Sean, you know, I want to do something. I want to do something. I just don't yeah. know what to do. This is it. This teaches you how to do it. And, um, you know, just this like is, all the know, people Sean, that were there on Saturday, they know me. This
2: now. is one of the most empowering things I've ever done in my life. I've often, you know, my whole life I've wondered, what it, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Am I, you know, I, at one point I thought I was going to be a golfer. Then I was into microelectronics. Um anyway. I don't want to bore you with my details, but each of us are going through the same struggle, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out where and what we're supposed to do. And I've heard over the last couple of weeks with some different groups about, well, you know, how would you characterize this with God's end-time plan? And I would just challenge the, the faith community of all types. When it comes to God's governance and man's governance, um, God's governance is in the hands of the people, and all of the power to manifest His governance was breathed into mankind. <laughs> uh, and all, I, I'm learning. This is the the vista for what I just described is phenomenal. The adventure, the journey, the all I can tell you, it is the greatest challenge. It's nothing like climbing, say, Mount Everest, or jumping out of fifty thousand foot, you know, to you know, like the astronaut guy did. Now, those are great things and amazing, but they last for a moment, right? And you can encapsulate mm-hmm. them in a video, but you have to repeat that experience over and over and over again to get the same high, kind of like marijuana, right? Or mm-hmm. some other thing that you're 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 habitually attached to, like TV. But when it comes to engaging in the matter of God's governance, it spans time, and you simply need to jump in the river of time in the current of his governance, and you will be on the greatest journey and adventure of your lifetime.
1: Oh, that's a fact. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it's a challenge. Hey, can, can you answer one question for our audience before you have to go? And I, I know that you're tired. Uh, what is the difference between power and governance? You said two separate things, but what is the difference?
2: Power is the strength or force to produce the effect. It's the energy or the work over time. Governance is simply the light switch to control that power. It's an inanimate object. It's a system or method of managing power. they are two distinct things. You can have lightning without a light switch and get killed by it. Well, you can have electricity in your house and have a light switch and not be killed by it. So the Mm -hmm. system or method of management is different than the strength or force that produced the effect. Power and governance are different. Uh, And when power originates with government, it becomes a false law of nature principle, and the results are all the symptoms, Sean, that your listeners described. Those are all symptoms of the people being trained or considering that power originates with it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And who is it again?
2: You know uh this matter of it, and this doesn't come for me the, the 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 signers and the architects of the Declaration of Independence, they referred to government as an "it" numerous times in the Declaration of Independence. That word "it," what is it What does it" mean? It is an inanimate object like your house. It has no life. It is the building. It's the foundation, as they referred to it in the Declaration. It has a form five times in the Declaration of Independence. So it, multiple times, form at least five times, and foundation at least once in the Declaration of Independence. It is not alive. It is a system or a method of managing your power.
1: Mm, mm, mm. We could go on. Listen, I know you got to rest. Thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate you. Uh you're in it to win it. You you are committed. Uh it, it is absolutely amazing to me that you do what you do and and how you do what you do. But then you have a team behind you. Yes. Oh man.
2: You know, you know, Sean, I let me thank you. That's one people mutually pledged. Selfless, mm. tireless, mm. transparent. Mm. We are operating based on, on the sacred fire of liberty. Mm. And without it, without it, we will lose our republic. Mm. So uh, you are so right on the nose. This is not Mark Hur, This is not Kurt Potter, Michelle Pert, whatever. We are doing this as a team in the Center for Self Governance. Um, we want to help you in your political subdivisions where you live enforce dual jurisdiction on a daily basis so that your children and your grandchildren can enjoy uh, liberty in the environment of self-governance. It was designed by the the founders of this country. They designed it based on principles that are thousands and thousands of years old. They're law of nature principles. Um, When you violate them, folks, all the symptoms you described uh, to Sean about the problems; those are all of the symptoms of violating the law of nature principle that power uh, originates with it, and it doesn't. So you need a team behind you because when you're when you're when you're combating it, Sean, you cannot combat this thing by yourself. It is impossible.
1: Hey, would you, you ever consider uh, going to Alaska? I have people on uh, on the page here that are uh, some good patriots that are in alaska would you ever consider going to alaska
2: hey um sean if you go with me and i've got, a, go, I've got a friend in there. arizona i've got a friend in arizona who's got a plane and let's fly up there let's go
1: let's do it let's i'm telling you let's right now it. i'll do it in a heartbeat I'm all right it. so that's my I'm new mission
2: it. i'm in it to win it
1: um hey well i'm in it we night next to you helping you along man it's so good to have you thank you I'll be talking to you a little bit later on, but I know our audience. If they could, if you could hear their applause, they would, uh, they would really appreciate you. I know uh, we got some people in Vermont, uh, some people in California, some people in Arkansas. we have getting messages from all over the country right now, and they, they, you know, they want you there. So I will help you build an audience, and uh, you know, and I'll go right with you to Alaska, one of my favorite states and nation. Folks, let's thank uh, let's thank Mark for his time and his effort. And uh, you know, listen, we're going to go to commercial. We'll be right back. Just be just a couple minutes. We'll be right back to finish out the show. Forty minutes to go. Hey, thanks, Sean.
2: Thanks, Sean, and thanks to your listeners. Take care, guys. Bye.
0: We will be back with Doctor Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages.
1: Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes in your smartphone and and take this number down. First of all, the first number is 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted. Even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self-defense. You don't have to let this happen to you. Just call second call defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull a trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be to second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete. Legal Protection for Armed Self-Defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage, and I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300. SecondCallDefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20 20- that's a Ninja Pastor's number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up you know, you know, sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show, uh, to follow the show, but there's links on there. Once you do that or on that page, there's a link there, and that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go, get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in, and once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there, trust me. I've researched
0: it all. Join today. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean.
1: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Was he ever awesome, Mark Herb, my buddy. Becoming a good friend of mine and uh today we had a we had a great time together uh doing class, learning. Uh my buddy Jerry, my buddy Wes and Mark and I just uh kind of getting together and talking about how to save the country. And I'm telling you, uh I'm going to just tell you straight up. Uh, this is the real deal. Uh, this this is easily. Listen, I've I've had a lot of great classes and I've taught a lot of great classes, and I can tell you this is the one. This is the one. This is the process. This is the the thing that you can get involved in that genuinely and truly will not only uh, not only change your life you know, it, it, it's going to save the country. I, I'm not kidding you. That's not hyperbole. Uh, it really will save this country. Honest to goodness. I mean, it, it's just powerful. It's just really, really powerful. So I, I'm really proud to call him friend. I'm proud to work with him. Uh, he's he's just a, <clears throat> he's a powerhouse, man. He's a powerhouse, and the people that work with him, uh Michelle uh, there in in Tennessee and and uh and Kurt and all the others that are that are just so plugged in and so many here uh a fellow by the name of Cliff here is just really getting plugged in we're going to get we're going to get more people uh plugged in here you're going to you know we're going to put together some training uh some level 1 training we're going to get you we're going to get you ready to rock and roll and I, and I I'm, t- I'm just going to tell you this I'll be there at each of the trainings, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell you this. This this is just real. You you will the day will fly by, number one. You know, it's it's just unreal. It's an unreal. Center for self Center for self You know, uh it it is a powerful experience. I went twice to the level one level two today, and we'll be doing more as we go. But uh, I'm just going to tell you, um, it, it will make a radical difference in this country. Um, there's a different way of looking at it. I've kind of been talking about it uh, for a long time, and, and in all my different speeches across the country and keynotes and things like that, uh, different companies and churches and all of these things, I have... Uh, I've really found that I was close to this. I was close to speaking this. You guys hear me talk about it every week. But I have to tell you, this nailed it down for me. Centerforselfgovernance.com. That's where you go. It is really, really, um, it's, just, it's just something special, folks. I, I kid you not. So we will let you know. Uh, we will let you know uh, when the next Level 1 training is. We'll try to make it very accessible for you. I know we try to have lunch and food and, and have a good time, having very comfortable places, and we'll do that for you. So, so you you want Hillary Clinton? You tell me you want Hillary Clinton. That's what you say. That's what I hear. I hear all about how Hillary Clinton, man, she is it. She's it. She's who we want. Oh yeah, Democrats. That's that's who we want. That's who we want. We we want Hillary Clinton. If I'm a Democrat, I'm saying that. You you know, I'm a Democrat. Now, who who are we hearing? We're hearing Martin O'Malley. Doesn't that sound like a cartoon character? Don't you think? I think so. You know, uh, somebody from the chat line just typed something very powerful. She's the biggest name. That's why they don't really want her. Uh, you know, when you interview, and you're you're right on the lunchbox, you're right on, right on, right on. They they don't want her, really. Her own people can't stand her. I mean, personally or professionally, they can't stand her. Ugh. Pantsuits are popular with her, though. Let's be honest. I mean, she really loves the pantsuit. And all the feminists, I, I don't know i i i honestly i I have to say, I just don't know even how they can support her. such a liar. there's scandals everywhere around her. Maureen callahan she wrote a really, really good article um she this article kind of laid it out um and it's a breakdown of every scandal swirling around Hillary now I've just been a sexist just now because I said Hillary, apparently, you can't say Hillary. Um, you're not allowed to say Hillary. If you call her by her first name, Hillary, which is her first name. I I'm I'm struggling here. Maybe somebody can explain it to me. If you call Hillary Clinton by her first name, which is on her bumper stickers. If you call her by her name, that's sexist. Yeah, my buddy Jerry Said sounds like a beer, Martin O'Malley. What do you have there, buddy? I'll have a Martin O'Malley. <laughs> uh, oh, Billy Bob says she he's describing her and he says she dresses like a Chinese woman. And that's an offense to Chinese women, no offense. Hey, we have a caller on the line, lunchbox. Uh here you go. Hey, what's Hi, your name and where I are you calling from?
3: I'm sorry. What was that? What's your
1: what's your name and where are you calling from?
3: My name is Shane, I'm from Michigan. Uh Cog saw me on a different radio show. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome. What's on your mind? Well, it was, it's about Hillary Clinton. And uh she she's a much bigger threat than anyone's willing to admit. Mhm. I agree with that. Um and I I've been uh paying attention to the men's rights movement uh a lot over the last year. I consider myself an ego, uh, egalitarian, and uh, but she really does toe the feminist line. Uh, yeah. A lot of the feminists are pushing for more women in power. She's a huge name. She's um, um, a, a, a self-proclaimed uh, feminist. She holds a lot of their values. So I mean, she's she's not only is she going to get the Democratic vote. Uh, you know, that you would typically get from the Obama voters,
1: she's also going to get the woman vote, big time. How much of it, though, what's your first name again? My name is Shane. Shane, I love that name. I have a I have a nephew named Shane. Um, Shane, how much of the, the woman vote do you think she's going to get? For real. I mean, it, it uncensored, just lay it on me. What do you think she'll really get, percentage-wise?
3: I honestly think that she would get the majority of the feminist vote. And then they say, what, about... 20% of all all women, 20-25% consider themselves feminists. So yeah. I'd give you that number probably plus uh, a good chunk of the Democrats. So I, I would say she would probably get at least 60% of the woman vote.
1: And are you saying, uh, when you're saying the woman vote, what... Are you talking about all women uh, left or right? I mean, are you saying to me that uh, sh- that women, even on the right, are going to go into the polls and they're going to push that button or pull that lever for for Hillary Clinton?
3: I, I honestly think they would.
1: Ouch. Man, that hurts me. It hurts me right in the I'm gut. Not, I'm,
3: I'm not saying they all would, uh, but I'm saying yeah. pro- I, I'd say 40% of the women with common sense that actually knows her tactics. And her policies uh will will see through it and not do it but I, I i would guess upwards i mean well upwards of above fifty percent
1: well I'll tell you i've heard i've heard that from other people, and uh most of the times you you hear that from people on the hard left and they and this is what they do to try to scare us now I just uh said to somebody to to a guy on the um and he's right uh it listen if we let her win, that's it for America we're done eight years of Obama, Hillary Clinton, next, we're done as a country but let me say this um, we have to, she's tough I mean we're not going to, look I'm going I'm to give you some stuff here in a second, I'm going to tell you some stuff to share with the audience uh, some of her issues, some of her scandals and she has survived, she survived this uh, all of these scandals, why and, and uh, Cog really put it straight, he said we're too divided we're too divided, that's we are so divided, and part of what's so powerful about the Center for Self-Governance is this. It takes the issues and makes them less of a thing and makes us being united the thing. And uh, and, and that's really powerful. I'm going to talk about in a minute. Hey, thank you so much for calling, Shane. Man, call back any uh, Whereabouts are you in Michigan, by the way?
3: I'm from Saginaw.
1: Saginaw. Great place. Beautiful place. Hey, listen, thanks a lot for calling, and thanks even more for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, so great call. Thank you, by the way. That was just awesome. Um, I love this system. It makes it so uh, so much better. Uh, now, let's talk really quick, uh, before I get too deep uh, in this list. I know we only have 28 minutes left, but before I get too deep in this, let's talk about the fact that Hillary – has a ton of money. She's got a ton of money and she's got the machine. And uh, you know what? It's wow. Wow. Money coming from so many places. So many places. I, I mean, it's it, Saudi Arabia. Uh something's just put on, put on the, the, the chat board. Uh, I cannot vote for the lesser of two evils. Again, I hear you. I hear you. And what we're saying here is, look, you know, if we have whoever we have on the conservative side that gets put forward as a nomination, um, and, and, and if we don't really, really love that person, then we'll maybe go third party or something. I have to say this. I, I have to just say that, you know, having worked, uh, I worked with the Mitt Romney uh, campaign uh, was active and about and in the in the trenches, and and I can tell you, if we do that, we will get Hillary Clinton or whoever the Democrats put up there. We will absolutely lose our country. And I get where you're coming from. Here's what I suggest doing. This is what I recommend. What I what I recommend doing is let's try to get the very best from the list of people that we have. And I think this this time through we do have some good. Candidates. We have some good candidates. We have some sharp people. Uh, my buddy is working on getting uh, Ted Cruz on the show, and uh, you will, you know, you will absolutely, you will absolutely uh, appreciate what he has to say in this environment. Uh, I've heard him in in private speeches. I've heard him in big public speeches. I've seen him on television. Uh, he's the real deal, man. He's a, he's a real guy. He's tough. Now, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to say for any. that's listening that i'm ruling out anybody at this point scott walker great leader uh great great executive uh great governor that kind of stuff is important um i love ted cruz i love who and what he is i've seen him under the worst of circumstances listen I, i heard him speak live long before he was ever a senator and uh and I hear you. People are saying Cruz doesn't stand a chance. But that's what they said about Reagan. And, you know, the crazy thing is is they laughed. The left and the media, sorry to be redundant, laughed and scoffed at President Reagan. They said, ah, that guy's a joke. That guy's a joke. Go ahead. Put him up. We want to run against him. <laughs> I'll tell you who we're really afraid of. And then they named who they were afraid of. But they weren't really afraid of, of that person they named. Actually, that's who they wanted to run because they knew they could easily beat him. Well, he's too extreme, Matt Reagan. nobody hey, nobody vote for him. You guys are going to lose in a landslide. And what happened? Won, both times in a landslide. Um, I will say this, that um, I, for me at this point, Ted Cruz uh, would be who I would go to work very hard for. Uh, I don't think our choices suck so far. I respect your your belief, but... Listen, we've got some we've got some solid conservatives, some really sharp people. Here's what I would encourage all of you to do: is remember, Jesus is not running, Yeshua is not running, and we are going to have another circular firing squad if we fail to remember, um, Yeshua is not running, Jesus isn't running, and 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 uh, and ultimately, what I really love about Cruz, and and look, I I there's a lot of things. Most of the stuff I love about Cruz uh, are are my heart. They're my heart for this country. I haven't so far found anything I don't like about him. Uh, you know, the guy is just powerful. He's he's committed. People say, well, he's a grandstander. He's a grandstander. He's he's out there trying to get all the all the all the attention. Hey, he's up there standing. You know what? Even his own po- uh, political party won't stand with him. Here's the thing: the reason why his political party won't stand from, with him. Because he's a leader they're unwilling to follow. Why are they unwilling to follow him? Because he exposes who and what they really are. You know what? It takes nerve to stand up and be a leader. It takes nerve to get in the fight and say, you know what? I won't back down. I'm going to stand here for 21 hours until I can't stand anymore. Why? It's that important. It's that important. It's it's, it's This is it, man. This is our country. This is it. We're we're done. I want a guy or a lady. Frankly, I'm, I look. I'm not against a lady getting in there. I'll get behind her. Listen, Michelle Bachman, I know her. I'm 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 right beside her. I'm right beside her. I'm right behind her. I'm I'm cheering her on. I'm clearing a lane for her. People say Sarah Palin. I, I'm going to say Sarah Palin. I know her, and I can tell you, she is one of the more amazing people on the planet. She got made fun of, she got ridiculed, politics of personal destruction. Here's the bottom line. Sarah Palin was right. She was right on every single issue. Ted Cruz, correct on every single issue. Man, that's powerful. That is some powerful stuff, folks. That is real powerful stuff. She has the money, she has the machine. Uh, Hillary Clinton. We have got to put somebody up who will get in the fight. You know, I've talked to I've talked to Sarah Palin at four o'clock in the morning, after she was up all day traveling across the country and uh, all of this stuff. And you know, uh, you know, ultimately. Uh, good. The good point, somebody on chat just said she didn't know the countries that are part of NAFTA. She knew most of the countries that were part of NAFTA. She didn't know a couple of them. Now let me say this. In fairness, why didn't she know? She was busy, busy rescuing Alaska. She had an 82%. It's the highest. It's the highest uh, popularity rating a governor has ever had in the history of our country. Uh, that's some pretty strong stuff. So, so I, you know, look, I don't know all the countries of a given thing. I don't look. I have a doctorate degree. I'm working on a, another doctorate degree now. I'm, I'm a pretty smart guy. I've been around the world. I've done some stuff, filled up some some uh, passports, and uh, and I've been friends and 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 done a lot of cool stuff. But I, I don't know all the stuff. I don't know all the stuff. Look, I'm a I'm a I'm a, a, a theology guy. I have a theo I have a theology doctorate and masters i don't know everything about the bible that's just reality that's just reality you know i know there's only three countries in nafta but the bottom line is if you looked at i could tell you stories some of the people i protected that uh with executive protection team uh that how they were set up and how what you're watching isn't what happened i can tell you with christine o'donnell um you know you can you can laugh at her all you want uh, you won't laugh in front of me at her. You won't disrespect her uh, in front of me because I won't allow it to happen. I know who and what she is. How do I know? Because I spent uh, months and months and months and months accumulating the years, protecting her. And I can tell you, she needed the protection. If you watch CNN or you know any any of the whatever network, you, you punch her uh, punch her name in the search bar to find video and YouTube or whatever, you'll see me. I'm the big guy protecting her. She needed it. But she, but you know what? The politics of personal destruction, they went after her so hard. People on the right, people on the left. They actually teamed up to get rid of her. Why? Because they feared her. Way smarter woman. Way smarter woman than she was billed to be. She's incredibly uh, intelligent. Same way with Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin's a smart lady. You know what she has? She has a mixture of an Idahoan and an Alaskan accent. That's what she has. So we can make fun of George Bush for his Texas, and, and most people don't know this, but George Bush has a speech impediment. It's, he's not stupid. He's got the highest amount of education of any, any. He's our only president ever with an MBA, and trust me, I'm no apologist for George Bush. But I'm telling you, the facts are different than what you've led to believe. The it, the government has led you to believe certain things uh, about people that are running on the right. And while they're doing that, they're also trying to convince you of certain truths that are not true of people on the left. That's just that's just a fact. That's just a fact. So, you know, I'll tell you what. You know, I'm right now. I'm leaning very hard toward uh, Ted Cruz. Let's see what others have to say. Let's see what others have to do. Um, you know ultimately, I know this if if we go third party, we are screwed. It's over. It is over. And I'll tell you something else, Christians, as I come to your if you invite me, uh amen, the left has idiots in abundance as well. Uh, listen, if you invite me to come to your church or you come to your organization, but especially your church, if you invite me to come there, I'm going to bear down pretty hard. On Christians in the audience that don't vote. Listen, l- let me say this: when you when you say I'm going to vote, how often is there a vote? Usually every two years, structured about every two years, other than your local stuff. But your your national elections about every two years, and then of course president every four. Let me say let me say this, but it ends up working out to be about every two years we have some sort of election, and so we vote. So how many days is that? Seven hundred something days. 735 or something. So we have we we absolutely have a right to vote. We should exercise that vote, no doubt about it. But look, if we make it all about that vote, those two days within that 700 and some days, well, who is minding the store? Who is minding the store the other days? Cuz if all we do is those two days, we are screwed, folks. We are screwed. Let me let me just say, and, and then I'll, I'll move on to Hillary because I know we only have 17 minutes left. Let me say, look, I, I get where you're coming from, and I appreciate your sentiment. Um, I, I do. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are fed up. I'm fed up too. I'm I'm fed up. I'm as fed up with the Republicans. There's not much difference. Uh, Mark said something today that I think is very very powerful. Um, when the left and the right have the the same Strategy. When the left and the right, look, uh, when Barack Obama says, you know, when, when when Bush says, President Bush says, TARP, and Barack Obama says, yeah, we should do TARP. That's what we're going to do. Um, I would say somebody just put on, uh, on chat that religion should have no place in politics. I would absolutely disagree. And here's <laughs> why. Religion and politics, the collision of faith and politics. That's the name of the show. Um, you know, I, nobody should tell another person what faith they should practice, or that they should practice faith at all. I don't advocate that at all. However, however we have to remember that the two are inextricably linked because, because the founding of this country, if you know the true founding of this country, you know the principles Uh, espoused in our founding documents and and the arguments the arguments uh that we have and the structure of our government all of these things were were rooted in the bible and no i don't believe if you vote for me because i'm you know i believe in god i don't believe that makes me any any more morally or otherwise superior i absolutely don't uh you know in my book if you get my book um Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. If you get my book, uh, I'll even sign it. If you order it directly from me, I'll sign it for you. $20, a mail it anywhere in the continental United States. But um, you'll see I have a term that I've coined called religious Rottweilers. And so I don't think just by making the claim that you're a Christian or a Jew or, or any other kind of, kind of thing, that makes you superior to anybody else. But I'll tell you what it does do is you've made a claim. Now it's your time to back that claim up. Somebody tells me they're a conservative. I say, you've made a claim. Now it's your turn to back that up. Prove it to me. Show me. Show me. Show me that you are. But you know, the crazy thing is, is, is what we do as conservatives is we formulate uh, a a circular firing squad. And we disagree. We say, you know what? I disagree. I vehemently disagree. I disagree with you. Okay. Uh, on this area, this is my area. You guys know what I stand for. I'm, I stand for life. I am as pro-life as pro-life gets. Uh, you know, faith. Jerry has really nailed this down. Faith is what you believe. Policies are what you do based on what you believe. Amen. Amen. And I'm seeing amens out there. I'll say it again. Faith is what you believe. Policies are what you do based on what you believe. But here, here is the thing. Um, I, I have to just say that, um, well, let me, gosh, we only have 14 minutes. I thought doing a, a two-hour show would be a lot easier, but it's really not. I, one of these days I'll do a three-hour show, and we'll just we'll just do it that way, or maybe we'll do uh, five days a week or something. Hey, you guys, I don't know if I remembered to tell you. I know I told you to look for the speech uh, that I gave to the University of Delaware special interest groups. Phenomenal group of people. Uh, everybody should listen to that speech. Pass it on to your, your kids, your grandkids. Uh, college students, high school—it's appropriate all the way down to, I think, probably junior high, uh, especially you know junior high. But what I would um, what what I would say is this, and you know, let me—the bond—if if, if look—if we say look, we 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 don't want religion or anybody that that has faith, is what I believe, to have anything to do with the policies, what we do based on what we believe, if we say that, if we, if we say, look, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't have any discussion that has anything to do with faith, your religious faith. Faith drives us. We have faith in one form or another. Some people believe in God, some people don't. I would say that the majority believe in God. And I don't know that a, a being simply being a Christian make you a better president. But I'll say this: if I have two people next to each other, they're equally equipped. Let's say I have Ted Cruz, a Christian, equipped as he is, and then I have Ted Cruz too, not a Christian, doesn't have any belief in God or faith in God at all, uh, not at all. I mean, not at all. Doesn't believe in God at all. And I have the two standing next to it, and you can replace those names with whoever you want, Ronald Reagan. I had the pleasure of shaking his hand twice. Um, you know listen i'm I'm a Reagan fan. There was a lot to pick out with Reagan, too. Nostalgia is a great liar. Everything wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect, but the fact remains on balance. He loved America, and it showed Barack Obama. The man hates America. He told us he was going to... Look, he told us he was going to do it. He said he was going to fundamentally transform America. Can we not agree? Can we not agree that he's done that? He's done that. I believe that a person of faith, which is not to say that if somebody doesn't believe, if they're the best... If they are the best... By the way, welcome so many of you on uh on chat. Thank you for joining us. It's awesome to have you, very vibrant place. Um I, I do believe and, and I'll I'll just tell you this. I'm I'm gonna put this on the reel for you. Um if we have a Christian who is an idiot running, and there are many Christian idiots, there are many Christians uh who are fake, who don't they don't understand God or things of God, things of faith. They don't understand that. They don't understand living a a life of faith and how we're to live. I don't want them. I don't want them standing for me. Yeah, you know, I talked about this on Sunday during my message. You can get that too. It's Sunday message right here on a blog talk radio. It's 5:30 Eastern Standard Time. You just click on click on that and you listen to it. It's free of charge. I talked about this yesterday. Talking about, look, if you have a bumper sticker on your car that says "Follow me to the 15th Baptist Church," but you drive like an idiot, you you have a you have a um, you, you you have a way about you that's off-putting and ignorant, disrespectful. I don't want you putting that bumper sticker on your car if you if you're breaking a bunch of laws, driving like a fool. Look, our laws, our laws, man's laws originated with God. And even if you don't believe, you say, Well, if I don't believe, how come I should subscribe to Christian Christian dogma? That's a great question. That will impact all who don't believe in the same religion. Here's here's what I would say to you. A person uh a a person who has a strong faith in God, a true, real faith in God, an understanding of scripture, and other culturally uh relevant Documents and, and writings from a Hebrew worldview perspective, understanding the Hebrew culture and language, all of these things together in context, that person, their root, their their who they are, they're what they are, the, what they stand for, is is a person that will function in such a way in a in a position of governance. that says hey you know what uh, i've got to act this way and do this thing because this is what tells me is right and they stand that way i can stand with that person but if you tell me but if you if you tell me there's the one guy who has no faith at all in god none whatsoever now he's not an atheist you understand if you don't believe in god you're not an atheist a person who is an atheist, or atheist as people pronounce it, atheist is absolutely not somebody who doesn't believe in God. What an atheist is, is someone who is against God and things of God. Against God and things of God. A person who wants to ruin things of God and people of God. That's absolutely what atheist. if you go back to... The origin of the word, the the etymology of the word, atheist, means against God. Don't trust me on it. Look it up. You'll see. So here's the thing, and I, I respect you. You're saying that atheists are not against God. Look, if you don't believe in God, you've been given a title. Somebody has given you a title, and they've said, you know, this is what you are. They've given you a label and said, you're an atheist. This is what you are. You don't believe in God. It's a different. It's a different thing. The etymology of the word is an, an an etymology is the changing of our vernacular, the changing of words. But it has been made to mean against God, against things of God, against people of God. It it absolutely does. It, it that's what it means. I I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Here's the bottom line, though. If there is, and this is where the point gets real, if there was an idiot Christian and a really smart person who while they didn't embody they didn't embody my christian faith but they said you know what you have a right to that and i'm going to do everything i can to ensure that your right to practice your faith is protected i'm not going to force i'm not going to force my lack of faith on you I'm not going to do that I'm going to support your faith, and I'm going to support the tenets of the Constitution, whether I believe in in the God that they spoke of or not. I'm going to support that. I'm going to uphold the Constitution. And you had a Christian over there saying, "Well, I'm I'm from the Eighth Baptist Church, or I'm from the Eighth Lutheran Church, or the Nineteenth Episcopal Church. I'm I'm a you know I'm I'm that's what I am. I'm from there, and I'm I'm running for president. Why? Because I wear a cross around my neck, and I got a Bible I towed around." I'm a Christian, you need to vote for me. All Christians, you need to vote for me. No. I'm not going to vote for that guy. If that guy's an idiot. Or that lady's an idiot. If they're not an idiot, you know, then I'm going to carefully compare the two. Listen, lots of people, Christians, I we're not going to get to Hillary, I don't guess, but lots of people will say they will absolutely say, uh, you know, well, let me put it another way. Let me put it another way. This will be fair. This is something we talked about last night, too. How do you live your life? How do you live live your life? What do you spend your time on? I said this on the speech to the, to the college students, to the special interest groups. How do you live your life? What's the top ten? What's on your top ten? What is your top ten list comprised of? What is what is the top 10 items in your list? The things you love the most, the things you love to do the most. The uh do you do it by yourself or with other people and when's the last time you did it? That 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 drives you. That drives you. You know, in my life, my faith has has driven me. It's protected me, it has educated me, it has blessed me, it has challenged me. It's been awesome, I gotta tell you, it wasn't easy. When I preach in churches and, and I always I always ask the, the preachers or the, the groups that invite me to preach, I say, Hey man, have you ever listened to any of my sermons? Because this is not this is not gonna be um uh, your normal sort of service. And, and and furthermore, my invitation I give in the end is going to be nothing like you've ever heard before in your life. And I say to the people, listen, this, there's nothing about being a Christian that's easy. It doesn't make it easy. And we're not going to have all the answers. Anybody tells you that? Look, I've got 11 years of postgraduate education in theology. I can tell you I don't know all the answers. And I study hard. I follow hard after it. I hunger and thirst after it. And I don't know all the answers. Ultimately, it comes down to this. You know, Christians, people who claim to have a faith, what what they believe, better have a say in policies, what you do based on who do you want making decisions for you. Churches are getting shut down all across this country. The Christian, uh, the, the persecution all across the country and all across the world, the Christian persecution by Islam is amazing. But you want to know something? The government, the government, our government, is persecuting Christians. It's persecuting Christians here in this country. Let me, let me say this. There's a debate going on on the chat box. I'll say this really quick, and then we have to go. Um, I, I am absolutely not saying that you can't be a good moral person without religion. I'm not saying that at all, and I, and I know I have great friends. I have really great friends, really great friends, that are they don't believe in God, but they're incredibly moral people. Um, you know, but I mentioned about the persecution of Christians. There are many, many Christians in this country that are being persecuted. You you look at a uh, a cake maker, a baker, that says, "Look, because of my faith, I I'm not. Look, I, I'd love for you to buy my my cookies and my cakes and all this stuff. I'm 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 down with all that, but man, I can't make you a wedding cake. I just I can't make you a wedding cake. They ought to be able to do that." They have every right. But that right's being taken away. And you know, the pizza maker, Memories Pizza, they're being told and the reason why. Let me tell you what also. In Houston, Texas, Houston, Texas, the mayor has said, send me your transcripts of what you plan to preach about. It's already happening in Canada. People are being arrested for reading the Bible in public. It's not absurd. It's absolutely happening. We'll go into more on that uh, next week. Listen, folks, thank you so much. Uh, the the, the uh, chat room has been vibrant. I thank you all so much. If you haven't clicked on follow or subscribe, please do that. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. Just go ahead and subscribe. Hit us up on our Facebook. We really appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Come back and see us next week. See us on Sunday at 530. Same channel right here.